Hello, and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today is a podcast focused on AGA chapters. So how to create and maintain a very successful chapter. We have uh, Louise Burnett from AGA Chapter Services, as well as uh, Francis Cordell from the Dover Capital Chapter. We're going to get some great hints and tips from them. So listen in and see how to keep your chapter improving and hitting all those points. Good morning and welcome to the podcast. All right. So today I'm very happy to be speaking with a couple folks about chapters, a focus on AGA chapters and how you can kind of... uh, you know, get things going and hints and tips to make it a great chapter. So let's start off here. We have Louise Burnett. I'm Louise Burnett. I'm AGA's Chapter Services Manager. I'm one of the staff members here. Uh, And what I do, my purview, is all the chapter operations, uh, starting chapters, uh, revitalizing chapters, but then, you know, helping chapters grow and improve and continue to provide that membership experience that's expected of anyone who's joining AGA. Great. And on the phone, we have Francis. Hi, I'm Frances Cordell. I am the Education Chair and NCC Rep for the Dover Capital Chapter in Delaware, uh, and I'm happy to be here today to talk about this topic. Okay, great. Well, why don't we start with uh, Louise? Maybe just give give us kind of a high level. You know, wh- what are some things that folks should keep in mind? Um, you know, when you're trying to build a strong board, some strong committees. You know, what, what have you seen chapters do out there? Some best practice practices. So most of our best practices are encapsulated in the chapter recognition program, which if you're a chapter officer, you've heard of it and it is a fantastic resource. It is 23 pages of just best practices for any chapter officer. If you're a chapter who's already high achieving, there's ways to grow and to continue to change. If you're a chapter that's just starting out, it's a great great place to go for uh, short-term and long-term goals. Uh, really the number one thing that we always talk about is just always uh, essentially keeping your head on the swivel, you know, keeping an eye on what's going on in the area, uh, what needs do our members have that we may or may not be fully uh, addressing at a point in time. Uh, One of the most important tools that you will have as a chapter is a member survey. Uh, The survey is great, you know, you should expect a response rate of somewhere between 10 and 15%. But that also reminds you that it's only 10 to 15% of your chapter that's responding to that Mm -hmm. survey. So the survey is a fantastic tool for gauging where you are, but nothing really beats that hands-on at events, at the office, making those connections, hearing someone say, you know, my office is trying to do this and we're not really sure how. So how could AGA in your chapter address that need? Or as an individual, you know, I'm really looking to do this in my career, but I'm missing this skill set. Well, how could a leadership position in AGA in your chapter fulfill that need? So just always having in the forefront of your mind, you know, what, what needs do those around me have that my chapter can fulfill for them? Right. Yeah. And let's talk about, yeah, the boards and the committees first, because then we'll talk more about chapter recognition program and just things that, you know, would entice people to participate in, in your chapter. But so maybe, uh, Francis, um, you know, what, what have you found that's been a good way to entice folks to, to participate on, on the boards? Um, I have brought people on um, to get involved in the chapter 
through just um, making them feel like they're important and they have something to give to our chapter. Um, I want people to be invested in it and, you know, believe in what AGA is about and what we stand for. So, you know, when I talk to them, I try to get them to feel like they'll, they can make a difference through volunteering and participating in events and helping me out with, you know, things that the, the chapter's doing. And do you find that, uh, is your chapter made up of, or the board made up of uh, a mix of uh, government and non-government folks, or? Um, my chapter is mostly state government um, members. Uh, we, we have a few other individuals. Um, now our board originally all sat in one agency, but since I've come on, we've really diversified a lot, and now we have members from all over different agencies across the state. Oh, great. Yeah, and I'll throw in some comments, too, because I, I was on the Northern Virginia chapter board for many years, and I think I might technically still be on it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th people get busy, and that's actually an important point because, you know, I think one thing that, uh, and whether it be government or, or corporate or whoever's on the board, I mean, I found what I found very enticing especially uh, to kind of reach out to young professionals and say you know kind of volunteer or volunteer them sometimes hey you know i really want you to, to 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 participate and i think you'll get something out of it and and people do i mean especially if you start off with something like um you know the young professionals group i mean that the board member for that because you get to do a lot of fun stuff you get to set up happy hours and you know outdoorsy events and kind of more fun you know quote unquote fun activities that uh, a lot of the younger folks and the older ones do like. Um, but that, that enticed me. That was my first position was a YP. So I don't know if, uh, Louise, have you seen things like that as well, getting the YPs involved? Definitely. Uh, what we tend to encourage, you know, with the young professionals, to have them involved in something fun like that. Or community service is another great venue. Because whereas there's a particular issue that may touch a particular generation with this incoming generation or, uh, you know, I'm technically a young professional per the association I'm a member of, you know, there's there's different issues that, that we like to look at as well. And so making it personal, having it fulfill some additional need beyond career or family. And so then they get involved in AGA and they're able to fulfill that need and really get bought in. And then you're able to see at the same time what their leadership looks like and say, hey, you know what? I really think you should be on the education committee next. Or you know what? You're really outgoing. You really need to be in membership. Yeah, and I thought you had a. I thought I talked to you before. You said that there's some chapters out there that have some specific programs to get YPs involved to kind of move them along their career. There are. So uh, the number one program we've been touting for the last year is Trenton, New Jersey's program. So they have a membership scholarship, and what they do is they accept applications for folks who are not currently members. And in exchange for paying for their membership dues for one year, that person serves on the board for a year. It can be in any role, whatever best fits them. Uh, and so they get to, again, try out AGA, and then the board gets to try them out as well. They have amazing success uh, in the last 10, 13, something like that years of doing this program. They've had about four or five of those people go on to become chapter president, which is an amazing statistic when you think about, you know, how it may not always be for someone. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, it's really been a great program for them, and a lot of chapters are jumping on it. So, Francis, how about you all? Do you uh, kind of get YPs, the younger professionals, actively involved, or is that something you all do as well? We are trying to, to gain more young professionals in our chapter, um, which we do have a couple that have come on in the past year, 
and I know one of them is already, um, she's our membership chair right now, and the other one I'm getting ready to um, get her on for next year, which I've already, we're, we actually have a social going on tonight, a networking event at a local place, and I reached out to her and asked her to recommend the place to go to for that. So I wanted to get start getting her involved, even if it was just making a recommendation on the best place to go for young people. Right. Well, and in addition to that, I mean, do you find that, um, you know, once somebody has served on the board in a, one position that they want to kind of stick around and just try another position? Or, you know, how, how is your succession planning, so to speak? That, that's something we're um, starting to work on. I know when I took over as president of my chapter, I had a goal to not do more than two years as president, and I stuck to that. I was able to bring someone else on um, who is also, you know, much younger than me and has a lot of energy. Um, so I brought her on. She's This is her first year as president, and I've been talking to her a lot about, you know, finding someone to succeed her because that was one of the issues we had in our chapter was we had – leaders who were staying in for six plus years and not having any type of succession. So that's one of my goals and something I'm trying to get people to, you know, think about and start bringing people on early in their term to train someone else. Right. And then Louise, uh, do you have an example? I thought we, had, we, had, we talked about uh, another chapter out there that had a good succession plan. They do. So what Tallahassee does is they, uh, they have steps, essentially, you know, you come in uh, as um, on membership or on community service in some some facet. And then before you can really move into any of the other, you know, president or something like that, you have to become treasurer. And it's a really great way for them to make sure that the president has this full perspective of what they're doing. It can be a little limiting. Um, you know, they, there have been issues with there not necessarily being enough candidates who have gone through the whole process. So it's not incredibly stringent, but it is one of those things where it's it's very recommended within their group and they it's understood that those candidates are preferred to go on to the level of president. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's been really, really successful for them. Uh, again, you know, it's not stringent, but it is uh, an understanding amongst the volunteers to make sure that, you know, they've seen the full perspective of the chapter before they step in as chapter president. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, again, when I started off, I was a YP and then I said, okay, I want to try something different. So I, started, I did something with education and just moved on to the next, the next. And, you know, when I first started, I, you know, I was a younger person and I, I saw the president. I was like, that looks pretty intimidating. I, I don't know if I can do that. But I mean, just a few years later, they were like, yeah, you should do that. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, but you know, it takes a few years, but then you feel like this is something I could probably do. Um, you know, I haven't been the president yet, but I think that's just because life just got too busy and I haven't had a chance to do it. But I think I definitely would be interested sometime soon. But um, I, think, I think part of that yeah. too is building that network. You know, when you've been a volunteer in a couple of roles, you're comfortable with those that are serving around you as opposed to coming in, doing one or two things and then jumping straight into president. Then you feel like you have to do it all. So it's being comfortable with those around you and the team that's supporting you as opposed to being the person who feels like they need to do everything. Yep, for sure. So uh, actually something else, uh, kind of an interesting term I've heard around here is this thing called micro-volunteering. Does anybody wanna pick up on that one? 
So I can explain it first. Yeah. Um, so micro-volunteering is this awesome concept in the association industry. Um, Peggy Hoffman is a major advocate for it. Uh, and essentially, it's instead of asking someone for a one, two, or three-year commitment up front, you say, hey, we need someone to greet people at an event. We need someone to, you know, coordinate this one community service event that's coming up in three or four months. So taking uh, an opportunity for someone to show on a micro level uh, their leadership skills, try out the association, the chapter, uh, and really see what they're made of and get them comfortable with the group. Uh, so it's it's a fantastic concept. It's um, something that's highly advocated, and it. it really does give you that ability to see what someone is made of. Yeah, and it's not a long-term commitment too, right? It's just like, hey, just help out on this one specific thing. It's an easy ask. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I use I use that a lot to try to get people involved in the chapter before asking them to, you know, become part of our leadership team, you know, just to see if it's something they're interested in or, you know, just to get them involved so that they feel like they're more a part of our chapter and it gives me an opportunity to tell them more about what the chapter offers and, you know, just talk to them about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, I kind of want to get into the this chapter recognition program a little bit. So I, my perspective is, you know, when I first came in, I didn't really know what it was. You know, somebody would always say something about the points. We got to get the points. And I was like, what do you mean the points? Are we buying a house or something? Uh, and they were like, no. I mean, if you get so many points, you'd be a platinum or a gold or, you know, silver chapter and it's a it's a big deal and i was like okay that sounds fun so i actually got put in charge of that one year and it was very actually it was i found it extremely interesting and it was almost like a game because i want to get as many points as i can get um but you know it's not just about the points but i think this the program just gives some really great ideas of what your chapter can do or should do or should think about doing so maybe let's start with louise can you tell us a little bit more about that absolutely so the with the chapter recognition program it is essentially a combination or a culmination of all the best practices from all the chapters and it could be something as simple as remember to file with the irs for the year you know that's mm -hmm. pretty important um since it's in here you know it helps folks remember to do it but then it goes to things as far as you know make sure that you have a yp serve on your board uh yp being young professional uh you know make sure that you're doing the cgfm month proclamations and getting credits for those uh playing the CGFM video at any of your chapter meetings, playing the AGA video at any of your meetings. So it's a lot of things that, you know, we would assume people would, would understand and do, but because we have that turnover year after year, this is just a great way to make sure that all of those great ideas pass on from year to year. Yeah, and has what's uh, the update of this uh, program? How often do you guys kind of update the, the list? Uh, so it's updated annually, oh. but I accept updates throughout the year, and then I put them all into the one document right before lead our annual leadership training. Okay, and how about Francis? Have you have you all kind of used that guide as well? Uh, the chapter recognition program was a lifesaver for me when I took over as president. Um, our leadership team, like I said, had been in their roles for many years, and so they were all kind of burned out and disengaged, I, I would say. So when I took over, I was kind of on my own for a while and really had no one to help out a lot. So I really used the chapter recognition program as a jumping off point to, you know, at least keep up some of the minimum stuff we were doing and get some ideas of stuff to do in the future. 
Um, so, and I keep building on that every year and use that program to help build our chapter up. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I just think it's a good guide for a way that, you know, folks can kind of organize any kind of organiza- organization they work with, whether it's, you know, your job or some other nonprofit group or something. It's just nice to have, here's all the things that uh, a strong organization should be doing, you know, to put a, a list together. And like you said, succession or people kind of come and go sometimes and, and we'll kind of forget what, what we need to do. And I, th- that's, I think it's a great resource. Um, so, so something I want to talk about here, and this is something that, you know, I think all chapters that are dispersed kind of have an issue with, and that's geography. So, you know, we're here in Nor- Northern Virginia, DC, you know, Francis, I know you're in, in Delaware, so maybe it's a little different for you guys. And, you know, I think one of the problems is getting people to come to meetings and such because people are just dispersed far away, you know. Um, maybe we'll start with Louise and then I'll, I'll check in with Francis on this. But yeah, Louise, what have you seen uh, out there for good ways that chapters can still get meetings together, even though there maybe folks are really far away from each other? I've seen a couple different things. So <clears throat> one of my favorite examples is the Atlanta chapter. They saw that their monthly attendance was <clears throat> absolutely abysmal. It just was not at all the type they would turn up that they expected. And the reality was being a major metropolitan area, a big city, people just weren't able to justify taking the time off. And if it was a one CPE thing, then they would have to also remember to take the time beforehand to get there and then get back to their office. So what they did is they started meeting quarterly and they would meet for three to four hours at a time instead. So instead of, oh, I'm going for a lunch, it became this quarterly uh, major CPE event. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a fantastic way that they've really revitalized their meetings and they have a lot more attendance, a lot more participation. Uh, Another one is uh, utilizing uh, virtual meetings. So we have two chapters who are kind of our trailblazers in this, and they're Roanoke here in Virginia, and then Seattle on the other side of the country in Washington. Uh, They're very different areas. Seattle is very much a big city, whereas Roanoke is a very, very rural area. But they face the same issue that people, again, just can't take the time to physically leave and go to the meetings. So they've been um, working on hosting their meetings virtually, and Roanoke was actually doing every other. They would do one meeting in person, say in October, and then a virtual in November, and then uh, in person in December, and back and forth like that. They've actually moved this year to all virtual because that is where their best engagement has come from. They do still host things from time to time in person. There really is no replacement for that in-person networking, but it's at a much larger event. It's a much bigger to-do. So along the same lines as Atlanta, um, but they're adding in that virtual component for consistent engagement. Yeah, and actually uh, something I myself learned about in one of our podcasts before is, uh, and i, I got to go back and see if I can find it, but it's on the website, the AGA website. It basically has all the like major act, a lot of major activities happening throughout the country, you know, and a lot of those are virtual. You can call in, or I guess you know if it's CPE, you probably have to, you know, maybe have to pay for it. I don't know, but different chapters throughout uh, the the country, you know, have different mini mini PDTs or things like that, and a lot of them do put them on the post them on the national website, and it's kind of cool. I mean, those like something in Hawaii. I was like, I want to go to that one, but yeah, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, um, that's under the training calendar. So training then, calendar. So there's the national events tab or section and then there's also a chapter events section yeah that's it okay 
so yeah, I mean, I would encourage folks to check that out. I mean, you know, if you're if you're going to be out somewhere, or if you're just interested in what other chapters are doing around the country, that gives you some good ideas too, of what things you could put together. Well, and part of the beauty from the chapter operations perspective of hosting virtual meetings is I actually, one, I attended one of Roanoke's meetings, but two, their speaker was in Atlanta. So instead of being limited to speakers that are just in your geographic area, now you're able to, to tie in your AGA connections because these two gentlemen, the chapter president and then the speaker in Atlanta, met at LEAD back in April or in May. Uh, and so that's how it came about that he wound up being a speaker for them. So you're able to leverage your AGA connections even further by hosting meetings virtually. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we should definitely, hopefully the folks listening on here, we're encouraging you to uh, to try this out yourself because, uh, you know, the technology is not as scary as it used to be anymore. I mean, pretty much anybody can set up, you know, a go-to meeting or something. I mean, it's, it's really easy now to do this stuff. So yeah, Francis, how about you all? How, have you guys had any challenges from uh, folks being dispersed around there? Um, one of the, we used, when I first joined the chapter in 2011, um, they were having monthly meetings, which they then went to quarterly shortly after that because they had, no one was showing up to them. Um, and even now, like, it's very difficult to get everyone together just for a meeting. Um, so I'm trying to, most of our meetings are held by phone or, you know, even Skyping in and having a meeting that way, which is how we're doing our CGFM study group. A lot of it we Skype. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is very challenging sometimes. Our, our leadership and our board members are kind of spread out across state, even though we're a small state. So, you know, we do a lot of conference calls and um, to talk about stuff. But I'm trying to build our education up so that you know, we can start having bigger meetings again and offer CPEs because right now we haven't been able to do that. So I'm working on that and that's kind of in progress. Great. So I have a couple more topics for us to discuss today, but uh, I want to come back to to uh, Francis specifically on how you kind of built some things up over your chapter. But let's talk before that. Um, something else I think is just, again, probably my observation, but I think it's pretty common sense. I just feel like it's very important to, if possible, to get all your activities up on a calendar on your website as soon as you can. I mean, you know, I think most of the high-performing chapters have a, you know, an annual uh, get-together before the, the year starts uh, to just talk about what's going on this year. Here's the new board. Here's what people are doing. Here are some events we'd like to do. Um, even maybe some speakers we'd like to have at our lunches or, or our, you know, our events. And I mean, I just really highly encourage people to get that stuff up on your website. If you can schedule speakers, if you do monthly meetings or quarterly meetings, if you can get names on there, I mean, it's a little extra effort, but um, but honestly, scheduling people further out is sometimes easier too because they're not available next month, but they're around you know six months from now. They'll put you on the calendar. Um, so I don't know, Louise, have you? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's just really important from the perspective prospective member position. So, you know, any association that's based on membership is going to have issues with recruiting new members. 
And the number one thing that we point out is your website is the public face of your chapter. You know, if someone was to come to the national website and they only see an event that's listed for next month and they don't see the all of what we offer for the next few months, even if some of it says, you know, speakers are to be determined, they at least see that there are these activities. They know that there's things coming up and they see a vibrant chapter. One of the things that frustrates me the most is knowing what's going on in the chapter because I'm speaking with the leaders. I get their newsletter that goes out to their members but their website has nothing and so that really is one of the most important things for you to think about mm -hmm. is you know when you're looking to, to recruit new members how does how does your chapter look from an outsider's perspective and your website is one of the first things when that uh, first things that they take into consideration right and even if you know maybe you don't have a webmaster or you don't have a way to do it I mean like like we mentioned I think you can send it to AGA national for that calendar there right at a minimum right at a minimum absolutely and we actually the national office does now host chapter websites we have oh. about 80 some percent of the chapters on the hosted platform nice uh and it is beautiful and it is easy we have been doing it for three years now and we continue every year to just be thanked profusely so i mean our it director david payne is the one that made that happen it's one of the best things i think we offer to chapters is a free hosted website that's great so francis how about you all I think it's very important to make sure that through social media and our website that I'm at least putting events that are coming up. Um, a lot of like the webinars that you know our chapter does, we make I make sure that they're all up there for the whole year, so everyone knows, you know, the dates and what's going on. Um, and then I I've also been doing a newsletter to you know show everything that we're doing in the chapter, so our members feel like you know their chapters active and doing stuff and and try to encourage them to you know come to these things and you know because we're doing a lot of good stuff right absolutely well um you know let me actually I'm just gonna put out there is there any anything else either one of you want to kind of put out there for best practices um before we go kind of because my last question was really going to be for francis just to, talk, just to talk about kind of the the power of of having a good attitude and vision for a chapter to really build up a chapter and I thought we'd go out on that note but before that is there anything else you either one of you you know think as far as best practices you'd like to share for a successful chapter maybe Louise you got anything I, I really do think it's on mentality I mean I can give you a laundry list of best practices and I actually yeah. do have one hosted in chapter <laughs> resources so nice. if you would love to look at it it's out there uh, for download and if you're not yet a chapter officer then definitely chat, tap into your local chapter and you know help out with that where's that where is that uh, posted or it's in the um, on the AGA website so when you log in under my AGA, then if you're an officer, then you have right. access to chapter resources. Okay, got it. If you're not an officer, you'll get a block saying that you're not. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of your impetus to volunteer. Um, but I, I truly do believe it's just, it's, it's all mentality, which is the perfect segue <laughs> into yeah. your final question. Uh, it really is just always having it in the forefront of your mind. You know, how can, how can AGA or my chapter provide a solution for someone? And if we're not yet, what do we need to do to make that happen? Right. Well, good. Well, with that, maybe Francis, you give us kind of your story of how you how you all were successful with just having the right attitude and vision down there. Well, um, trying to think of where to start. I guess I'll start when I took over as president of our chapter. Um, I wanted to bring as much as I could to our chapter because I believe in what AGA stands for, and you know, in developing my own skills and my, you know, 
my leadership ability, you know, I want to bring everyone else in and share what I learn and, you know, things that they can do to build themselves up. So I think it's very important, you know, as you're building yourself to also build up those around you. And that's kind of where, you know, attitude and vision comes in and helping other people, you know, see that vision and experience, you know, those things and see what someone else is doing and say, hey, I want to be involved in that or I want to do that. You know, that's something that I could do. So, you know, helping them understand what AGA offers and how they can use AGA to build themselves up and become, you know, financial leaders in the future or better financial leaders. Um, so that's very important to me. And, um, and I love to see other people getting involved in doing that, you know, going out there and talking about AGA and the things that they're, the good things that they're doing. Um, so every year I think it gets a little bit better. I know, uh, the PDT, the professional development training that AGA does every year, it's a big event. Um, I started going to that a couple years ago. Uh, the first year I was the only person from Delaware. Uh, so it was, you know, kind of hard being all on your own, you know, with a lot, there's a lot of people attend those. Um, but last year we actually had six people from Delaware who attended. So it was really great to, um, have that quick turnaround and get so many people involved who, you know, wanted to go to something like that. And uh, we received a couple of awards. One was for membership growth. Um, Cause like I said, we've really diversified our leadership and bringing people in from a lot of different state agencies. So the word has gotten out, getting out about our chapter and getting more people involved or learning about AGA. Yeah, and, and I, through that, hmm? sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I lost track of where I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. No, I was just going to chime in. I mean, I was just going to say, I, I feel like, you know, over the years, uh, you could really tell the difference in the kind of environment at a chapter based on that leadership. You know, if they were very enthusiastic and inclusive, and a lot of times it was, you know, the, the president or you know, the, the, those board members that just had a really great attitude and really wanted people to participate and encourage people and push people to do things when that was a real successful year for the chapter. And then, you know, I'll just be honest, you know, another year, maybe another president not quite as active would come in and it would be kind of a weird year. It'd be kind of slow. Nothing really big. Would, you know, it wasn't as, as, as exciting. So, you know, I think that leadership enthusiasm was has really does really help chapters quite a lot. Well, and that's important too. I mean, when I always say, you know, when you think about AGA volunteering, your family and your your job come first, you know, the, those are the most important things in a person's life. So with AGA being a tertiary activity at best, it has to, to meet some additional need. And so the, a fun piece, or fun is definitely a piece of that for a lot of people. Um, what I love about Frances and her story of how she's really redeveloped the Dover chapter is, you know, she told me uh, at one point we hosted an event and there were only three of us that showed up. But she turned it around and she said, you know what? Three of us showed up and we had an amazing time and we learned a lot from each other. So we're going to go back and we're going to tell our coworkers and we're each going to bring someone next time. And so it's that that kind of, of attitude of, you know what, okay, let's, it, it, it's like my rule in life. 
give me my 10 to 15 minutes to cry about something that I really don't like. But then once I've gotten that emotion out of the way, then I'm going to look at how to fix it. And so it really is that mentality and that vision of, you know, this is what we're looking for and this is how we're going to make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something, um, everything that I do with the chapter, you know, some things don't go well, some things do, but whatever it is, you know, I can build on that and make it better. So, you know, so only a few people showed up, but that's okay. You know, at least someone showed up. (laughs) So we had fun and we put it out there and make everyone else wish they had been there. So that was my, you know, attitude about the whole thing. I wasn't going to worry about, oh, only so many people showed up. People showed up and that's important. And I want to celebrate that. I want to make them feel like, you know, that was important and they made a difference and we had fun and let's make everyone else wish they had come. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, with that, I think we're at our time, but uh, hopefully everybody out there is uh, now all excited to get back to their chapters, go to their chapter meetings, volunteer for those boards and committees and uh, yeah, you know, c- keep this thing vibrant and, and moving forward. So I'd like to say thanks to uh, Francis and, and Louise for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at ajacgfm.org. Keep tuning back in here in 2020. Plenty, plenty, plenty podcasts coming your way. Any suggestions? You know who to talk to? Until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.